a little bit right, if you want. We are... Because I bought them because Matt, uh, Squirt likes uh, voices. And oh, you... Dude, yeah. The, the, the guy that's... Uh, there's a voice actor on there that is wonderfully talented. Um, at one point, like the crews are surrounded, and he grabs the mic and literally, with just his voice, makes it sound like a machine gun's going off. So the riot scatters. It's freaking, and some of the stuff he does, it's hilarious. It's along the lines of. The National Lampoon movies, mm. like the older ones, you know, it's an actual movie. It just happens to be funny. Oh, they are remaking Toxic Avenger. I don't know if you've seen the original. It's awful, but good. No, it's Vern not. Troyer is Toxic. Not Vern Troyer. Uh, he's dead. Peter Dunklet. Peter Dunklet, yes. And... There were shots on Twitter, him in makeup, or Facebook, I don't know, whatever. And he is, it's so funny. I just want, I want, I, I hope to God they do the Ron Jeremy series. The Toxic Avenger series was a horror monster movie done by the porn community to try to show they could do something besides porn. And Ron Jeremy's in it. All the great porn stars are in it. I know, but the way Ron Jeremy dies is epic. Uh, and the premise is uh, this real skinny... Oh, the original. Obviously, they're going to have to change it for this one. The, pre the original presence was this really skinny kid that got picked on got shoved into toxic goop and morphed into this big monstrous man uh, permanently. And uh, he went around cleaning up the town and stuff. Uh, but he eats like Clorox bleach, uh, drinks it, and puts it on his food. Oh, and he has seasoning. a girlfriend. And his girlfriend's blind in the original. It was hilarious. And there was, basically it was a softcore porn movie. Because there were several scenes where you saw from an angle the guy going, uh, and the girl being bent over something. Which seems to be the favorite position of movie people ever. Look how many movies. Yeah, and porn does it a lot. Um, but I guess now... Is he supposed to be him once he... Melvin, once he falls into the toxic ooze. Both. I can show you pictures. Okay. Well, I'm glad they're keeping it both then. That'll be great, though. Uh, Hopefully, I'm, I'm trying to... I'll try to bring in pictures. Yeah, but uh, Jim has been getting to see how I randomly cobble shit together to make it work. And how I have no problem tearing something completely apart and restarting. <coughs> like, look at this. This has been redone three times. And one side fell off. 
but it's the base to your warp core for your ship. Um, it doesn't sound all that different from artists and the way they work because they can get through an entire sketch and start lining it. And then if they're like, oh, this has too many problems, I'm going to delete the whole thing and start over. Also, there's a stink bug in here. That's fine. I don't care. As long as he stays up there, leaves me alone. It's a stink bug. It's going to start flying around. Oh, you don't like it if they fly out of you, huh? But I know they don't sting, so I just don't care if the bugs are flying. Well, the praying mantises are okay. I like praying mantises. I love praying mantises. They're like my favorite bug, and I'm not really a bug person. I used to play with them back in Vegas. It's sad that they have super short lives, though. Like, if you were to try and keep one, they only live like two years. Yeah. Kind of long for some bugs, but short for others. Because, like, some beetles can live like ten years. I don't know. Matthew was talking about getting ants, and I'm like, can I make them into zombie ants? And he got real mad at me and uh, tr explained how what exactly happens to the ant when it gets zombified. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't like ants. You bring ants in here, I will make them zombie ants. He's like, oh yeah, how you gonna do that? And I'm like, I'll get the spores. I'm sure someone in Mexico will ship it to me. <laughs> I'm like, there's the dark web. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing really wrong with keeping ants. There's an entire community around ant keeping. I understand that. And ant people are welcome to be ant people over there. That's, that's kind of the same thing with people who are scared of snakes. My grandma wouldn't let me have a snake because she's scared of snakes. It's like, if I were to get a garter snake, it's not going to hurt you even if it gets loose. My fear comes from overexposure to toxication since, uh, I can't pronounce I can't remember the words. Overexposure to toxication because when I was two, I sat in a pile of fire ants and was bitten head to toe completely covered. Now, one little bite from an ant, my entire arm swollen up. Um, because I was exposed to so much toxin from them when I was young, now even a little dose, my body overreacts to it. Well, it's, it's the same thing that people who are, it's like with bees. Someone might not be allergic to bees, and then they said, and then said a hive off, and then the next thing, you know, in their life, they're allergic to a single bee sting and send them in the shop. Yeah, but it's not... They explained it. It doesn't send me to shop. But, like, okay, if you've ever been bitten by a sugar ant, yes, they can bite. <laughs> it's just, like, this small little red dot. For me, that small little red dot will be that big, and it'll look like a disgusting oozing boil. I don't know what a sugar ant is. They're the little black ants. The teeny tiny ones? Yeah. I didn't know they were called that. I just thought they were just this. Yeah, yeah. picnic ants, I thought. Well, picnic ants are usually slightly bigger, almost fire-sized ants. Well, fire ants are a little bit... They're not super big, but they're kind of... Yeah. And they're red. And I don't like them. Oh, and they discovered a new type of prawn. Prawn? Yes, a six-inch prawn. 
Wow. So they found a six inch shrimp? Yeah. It's a mini lobster. Put a guide knife in this, it's probably only about two inches big. Right. Now everyone's gonna wanna everyone's gonna wanna start farming those and sell them and be like super <coughs> shrimp. Oh my god. <coughs> have you seen Happy Feet 2? No, I have only seen the first one. <coughs> I will love this movie to my dying day. And I mean, I don't care about the over-preaching or any hidden messages the movie might have had. They introduced two characters that have a side, like, storyline that follows parallel to the Happy Feet storyline. And then culminates at the end with, like, everyone working together. But this story is about two krill. What is Will? Will the krill. And the whole purpose, I swear to God, of these Krill storyline is to make as many puns or dad jokes as possible. Like when they survive being eaten in the beginning, they're like, oh, how do we do that? What's well, like, I don't know, it was what's in a Krillian uh, chance? When Will gets lost, the other Krill goes on like a 30 second tirade about how he's lost his will. It's beautiful in its awfulness. <laughs> Though, at the same time, I do see why it got low reviews. It was a little preachy, and there were a couple times uh, the, song the songs they had rated. Where the other one was more of a happy, upbeat one. This mm. one was a slightly darker. It might not have been what audiences were expecting from the sequel to Happy Feet. Do they make their own songs or do they use like already established songs? Both. Which kind of being why it got the low rating. Because the original Happy Feet was just already established songs. Which is what people were expecting. It's not that you can't do different, but you've got to expect <laughs> if you do something one way and then do it <laughs> People are expecting more of the same. When you do different, especially not warning them ahead of time, then they have a tendency to be angry. Because um, people don't like change. Like, for example, you know the newer Alvin and the Chipmunks movies with CG Chipmunks? They started years ago, but the new yeah, one. yeah, we have one or two or three of them. Um, it always graded me that they sing like pop songs, hits that you've already heard, because in the old Chipmunks <coughs> and even in the movie The Chipmunks Around the World, it's all it's all original songs. It's all yeah. songs that they've made specifically for the cartoon or the movie. Well, the problem is the Chipmunk trademark for their likeness is owned by the studio that made the movies. The songs are owned by the Chipmunks creator's family because the Chipmunks were created for music. He was making songs, trying to make it in the music world and got playing around with the speeds and then 
shipped his song as Chipmunk singing. That's literally how it happened. Um, I remember reading the story. So, it's one of those, they own this, but they don't own the rights to, like, the Chipmunk songs. Because the Chipmunks have trademark songs. Yeah. Um, so, they either had to go all original and might get copyright infringement because I don't know how it's exactly worded because it might be the style he used that's copyrighted or trademarked. Those laws get real murky real quick. Um, so when stuff like that happens, it's usually because they own part of it but not the whole set. Um, it's There's a Disney. Disney owns Star Wars. They do not own the Star Wars legend verse. George Lucas kept the rights to that. They just got up to legends, and that's why they disregarded legends and went their own fucking way. And frankly, if I was them, I would have like bargained with Lucas going, hey, we'll even let you sit there and order people around and pretend to be a producer if you give us rights to legends. Because legends was awesome. But at the same time, I thought, think if they had gone into the Legends universe, they'd also have to pay the individual authors of the books, and that could get pricey. So that could be why they said no. Um, yes, depending on how many books are in there, let's say they buy the rights for the first three, the guy that did the fourth book is going to be like, what? Yeah, I've never, I guess there are book series, I've never read any of the Legends um, but there was one I think it's someone posted on YouTube about it it's a comic about a Jedi with a lightsaber that doesn't turn off uh, and he has a sheath for it made of the gutted lightsabers of other Jedi or Sith I forgot which one it was and he's a Sith hunter huh that sounds awesome. It is really cool. Like, a lot of the art for it's amazing. I mean, <coughs> see, when I was in middle school, high school, is when the Jedi Academy series came out. And that blew my mind. <coughs> That's what got me really loving Star Wars more than the movies. Because the characters. It was Jansen Janna, Han and Leia's twin children. Uh, Lobaka, who was, uh, they called him Louie for short, Chewie's nephew, who had, all these kids had the force, and then there was Tila K. What, did Chewie had the force? Chewie did not, Lobaka. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they were in the Jedi Academy, all of them. Uh, then there was Tila K. She was actually a princess who was trying to renounce her titles and leave it alone because she'd rather be a warrior like her mother, fuck her father. Zena, <laughs> princess warrior. Um, her mother was a Dathomir witch. You probably don't know them. I love playing Dathomir witches in, uh, on the role-playing games. I love Dathomir. Dathomir is where Rancors come from. You know Rancors. Return of the the was it Return of the Jedi. Anyhow, when Luke goes into Jabba the Hutt's palace, he gets dropped down into the thing, yeah. the big monster that tries yeah. to eat him. That's a raincore. 
Rancors are actually sentient creatures, which the sisters of Dathomir, aka Dathomir witches, which are force users, ride and have a bond with. Giant. I know there's so Amazon Amazon force witches that ride giant monsters. Are they really witches or just force users? Force, uh, force witch is a type of force user. It goes into uh, someone who uses the force through um, ritualistic means oh, or beliefs. Okay. They don't believe in Jedi. They don't believe in Sith. They have more of a tendency to be gray. Okay. The Dathmere witches. Though there are good witches and bad witches. Bad witches are called Night Sisters. When I said the legends lore is humongous, what ticks everyone off is they kept all the lore about the expanded galaxy that all these authors came up with. Uh, what's it called? There's a planet that's actually sentient that has already eaten one planet in its solar system and is slowly creeping up on another. <laughs> so it has like a it looks like a planet. It just, when it got close enough, it went boop and kept going. <laughs> That's peculiar. If it doesn't like you, it'll eat you too. Where's the Uh, there's planets in this thing that's completely crystals. Like the crystals for lightsabers. There are so many planets and worlds that all these authors created, and they're keeping them because I've seen uh, the Clone War Wars uh, did a skit on the sentient planet. Though I don't think they went into all of its lore, but it was like they're running through the planet. You can see stuff if you know the lore that's on that planet. Well, the, the Clone Wars were what, 30 minute episodes? 20. Uh, 20- five-minute episodes I don't know I have not been able to watch the Clone Wars not because I don't like the story it's because something about that CGI art bothers my eyes huh. I just didn't like the way they looked they, they looked like toys yeah and it just was plastic off, it was, yeah it was offsetting a little bit I just didn't care for the way it looked so I didn't watch it I, I just never picked it up uh, but like I said, I my entire family are biblophobes, so I had a book allowance growing up. It was the only allowance I had. It was literally like a Barnes and Noble's gift card that they just constantly put money on. Scholastic Book Fair must have loved you. Oh God, yes, they I, loved Matthew too. I, I loved those fairs. To be honest, I didn't get many books besides the Goosebumps books, but they were fun. Yeah, uh, that's the the problem why uh, they both Matthew both loved it and hated because he had an unlimited spending amount as long as it was on books. And he's like, "But but they have a video game." I'm like, "No." <laughs> but but pencils, no. But smelly markers, no. I'm not paying for you to get high in class. <laughs> they are non toxic now, thanks in no part to people like me. But now they smell, they don't have a very strong smell. 
I bought a pack of them. I'm like, I'm you gotta look. almost shove it up your nose to get any hit. Yeah. The uh, erasers I bought for uh, Forbid's kits had more scent to them than any of the smelly markers nowadays. Yeah, the, the old Sharpies, man, you tap them. Yeah, I know people used to do that, but I just And like, then some asshole would bump you and you get the postage stamp. I liked coloring with them and then smelling the paper. Yeah, you could smell it off of the paper. The new ones you can't. It's like, <coughs> there's no point in them even being smelly now. Like, we used to, at the store, we used to sell scented erasers. We yeah, we, we, get a, we used to get them in once in a while. Well... With inflation and the shipping being fucked up, we're, there's a lot of things we're not going to see anymore. Um, I heard a lot of rumors, and one of the podcasts I, w- I was thinking about doing, either that or a webpage, um, I've heard a lot of rumors of a lot of companies and factories shutting down due to everything that is going on. And I'd like to, like, we'll confirm or deny and then put that information somewhere where it's easy to get to. Finding information is becoming difficult, and that worries me more than anything else on Earth. I actually... Oh, I thought about picking a paper up every now Even if it's just a Sunday paper every now and then. It doesn't really help that a lot of these companies have the whole bullshit NDA thing. Like, oh, you work for us, you can't talk about the company. And it's not just our company, a lot of companies have that. That's really fucking dumb. Like, I get it, you don't want other companies to learn your trade secrets. But outside of that, like, people deserve to know what's going on with the damn company. Because, you know, they come here, they buy here, they get our shit. Yeah, but the problem is, is they need to control information because of the way everything's going down, if they were to come out and say like everything at once, it would cause panic to set in. So it's easier, people take things easier in smaller doses. So they don't wanna create a panic, uh, whether it's a product panic buy because this factory's closing or we lost this contract or it's stuff. And then on top of it, you have the media and stuff just outright making shit up because they feel like it. It's causing people to get scared. And at this point, I really do believe that we're all like in this big tinderbox and wrong, one wrong thing could cause it all to go up. So, and everyone's walking on their tiptoes because they don't want to be the one to start the avalanche. But we're all hovering on loose fucking snow and trying to balance. Well, you saw how fragile everything was right when the pandemic hit to begin with. Like, the first thing to go off the shelves was the toilet paper for some reason. I know why. Why? And it's not... It's, uh... Australia's fault. It's Australia's fault. What? Oh, hold on. I'm looking for my cigarettes. Um, So what happened was with COVID, with the shutdowns, with them shutting down uh, factories, one of the news uh, organizations, television in Australia, 
wanted to do a broad spectrum news broadcast about possible shortages. The idiots thought that it would be a good idea to film this in a supermarket and they decided to film it right in front of the toilet paper. Joe Schmo is stupid. Joe Schmo heard there's going to be shortages on stuff. We're not sure what or when, but these will happen because everything's shutting down. Joe Schmo heard this while the person's standing in front of toilet paper. Joe Schmo's like, shortages are coming. I need toilet paper. While I'm there, I'll pick up two or three instead of just one. The next person sees then the other people that have gathered there to get their one or two see that everybody else is getting one or two, so they grab three. Next thing, more people go, and it just keeps escalating. And then what happened is there wasn't really a shortage. What happened was everybody bought out in their panic the shit at the store before anyone had time <coughs> to stock it. We even had this problem. They were literally buying it as soon as we put it out. We were one of the first companies to say, no, want a person. If you want another one, come back tomorrow. Just so that it would register that the toilet paper was still there so people would stop panicking. Yeah. It was a panic thing, not an actual like shortage shortage. Yeah, that's completely understandable. Um, real quick, you, you bring up Joe Schmo is dumb and panics. It's like that line in Men in Black where he sits down with the guy and he's like, a person can be smart, but people are dumb, panicky beings. Yes. And yeah, we are. In a group, people seem to just panic about stuff like that. And even before the pandemic, you could see the starts of that kind of happening. It's like, oh, you guys are out of dehumidifying things because those are what we're always out of. And then when they, we get them in, you see someone buying like eight, nine, ten of them. And when everyone's buying 10 of them, yeah, we're going to run out super fast. You don't need to buy 10 of them. That's going to last you like two years. But there's an underlying... All right. Here's how to explain this. Okay. So energy flows, flows through everything. If you can, you can think of energy as being soul, emotions electricity it just so everything every molecule has energy there's a growing tension in the energy the base energy that everyone just operates on that something is going to happen we don't know what but because of maybe everything that's going on maybe it's harmonics in the earth but everyone just has this growing unease and it started in the 90s and just the longer things have gone on without like it popping, the more scared. And even though, yes, we just had a pandemic, for a lot of people, it was nowhere near as bad as the tension they're feeling. So people are on edge. When people are on edge, they're easier to scare. They're also easier to manipulate and easier to believe. Also, people are inherently lazy as well as panicky. So... Like, we know what to do to change it. We know what to do to, like, solve problems. We just don't want it. And then there are some people that 
deny that there's anything wrong and we don't have to change anything. No. And those kinds of people are the most dangerous because they don't understand that if nothing changes, everything's going to go to shit. But there's also the problem that, okay, first off, like I said, people don't like change just shoved down their throat. You have to do it slowly in increments. There's also a greater narrative that's building that is trying to push the fear and panic narrative. And they're blowing things out of proportion or larger than they seem to be, than they really are. Um, I.e. the Omicron variant. That's the one that's on everybody's nerves. I have listened to scientists out of British, out of uh, England. I have listened to scientists all around the world. They're all talking these statistics. It is way more contagious than any of the COVID-19 things we are seeing. But its symptoms are just like the flu. It's also hospitalizing way less than even COVID was. It's killing even less than that. I'm not saying that people aren't dying. I'm saying what it looks like according to the scientists that are studying the patterns and the waves and the doctors that are right there elbow deep with them is that this is probably its final variant and it's going to settle down and be like influenza. So why is places like CNN pushing this narrative that hundreds of thousands were hospitalized? No, that's not what the data is saying that we're seeing. Um, we still have other variants going around. And from what I recall, hospitals aren't supposed to tell you what variant you have in order to stop the panic. They just tell you you got COVID. They're not supposed to say which variant yeah. specific you got. Um, the reason why these scientists are worried about the Omicron variant and how contagious it is, is because of how fast COVID has been mutating. It's mutated like 12 times. We've only really looked at like three of the variants because they're the big ones. It's mutated 12 times in two years. That's faster than any other virus. And the chances of it going from a small Omicron variant that's just like the flu into something that kills 30% of the people that catch it is what people are scared about, the scientists are scared about, because it could mutate into that. None of the scientists I have listened to have stated that fear. And they are looking at their knowledges of viruses. They understand this is not a normal virus. This really is not a normal virus, which is why a lot of them think it's man-made. Nowhere in my mind did someone purposely release this on Earth. Because if this was a purpose release on Earth, it would be way more deadly than it is. Yeah, I don't think it was purposely released, but I do believe it was man-made. It was just an accidental leak. Maybe the person didn't get food. And I'm sorry, I hate to point this out. China's safety protocols are way less strict than ours. Nowhere am I saying it's on purpose, but more than likely it did escape. Like, maybe they didn't do full decontamination protocols. Maybe a drop of whatever was got on the guy's shoe and he didn't clean it off. Anything like that could have happened. Yeah, there, and, there's... And as far as China wants to go to war with anyone who says otherwise because they're tired of people pointing their fingers at them, it started in China. It had to have been China. Unless someone in a different country 
got it from their lab and then went to China for the travel because they had they, they were in that area <coughs> doing a big celebration type thing. But the chances of that happening are super low because there was a virus lab in Wuhan. But I kind of can believe that a lot of this fear mongering is to push Pfizer's agenda. Not that they're trying to take over the world, but they're like, oh, we can sell this and make money. The government's going to give us money. We like money. Because my thinking is money is the root of all evil. So if you want to know who the big bad is, trace who's getting the most money from what. And they're putting secrets to Moderna so they develop their own too, which is a little suspicious. Um, what? Moderna, the other. Pfizer and Moderna are the big. Well, in vaccine. America, those are the big ones. AstraZeneca is another big player. Uh, they were at one point in time actually looking into. Uh, cannabinoids and tea in uh, marijuana and hemp to create a vaccine. I don't know how far that went, but well, even the vaccine, and this is why a lot of people are nervous. And it, my thing is, I'm not against the vaccine. I believe everyone should talk to their doctor and do what's best for them. Wow, I sound like Tim Pool, <laughs> but where I come from is for me. It's extremely suspicious that we have the CRISPR technology just hitting mainstream like everyone knows it exists. Only like a couple years before this, they, it, the vaccine is literally altered DNA using the CRISPR technology. The reason the CRISPR technology was only becoming known about is because we did not know long-term effects. We didn't know if we could use it to, yes, theoretically, we can use it to change DNA in a living person. Tests so far had only been on, like, cells and, and non-living, non-functioning humans. So, they'd want to do this mass test of this brand new type of vaccine. Fine. Sign up for it if you want. If you your doctor thinks it's best for you, I wholly recommend and support experimental uh, treatments for what we've got because we can't learn if we don't experiment. But it's volunteer. When you start mandating that someone volunteers for an experiment, and it will still be an experiment for five or ten years, which is when the final data comes in. And even then, we've learned sometimes 20 years down the road that, hey, we shouldn't have given people that meds. Um, this, this vaccine, the current vaccines are using the RNA vaccines. They yeah. are experimental, they are new, and they are technically, in quotation marks, experimenting on people currently with the virus. But we needed a vaccine for it because of how far it was spreading and how fast it was spreading and how fast it was mutating. <laughs> a lot of the fears people have are either the old fears, the virus is going to get me sick, the vaccine is going to get me sick, or new fears of this vaccine isn't tested, it's going to kill us. I don't um, think it's going to kill us. Or do harm to us. The thing is, the old fear of this vaccine is going to make me sick comes from the old vaccines that we had where we took the virus, killed it, put it in the vaccine, and gave it to you. 
Because yeah. um, about 15, 20 years ago, you guys should have heard about this. When they were giving the flu shots, a large amount of people who got the shot got the flu because the flu wasn't killed properly. Um, and a lot of people are scared of vaccines now because of that one time. And like a ton of people got it because of that vaccine. Um, and even though the government will try and say, no, no, we killed it like, like, like natural, like there are doctors that came out and said, yeah, we, we didn't properly kill him in, in the vaccine. It's our fault. That's not my thing. I, I get that. I, 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 I never went to medical school, but I was one of those students that when my nurse aunts or my EMT mom or the doctors that were in my family were talking about this shit. I understood and I asked questions. I know how a virus works, how it mutates, what it does in the body, how it, because I was, I'm extremely interested in bio, um, bioscience, bioscience, how our bodies work at a molecular level. I like that shit. That shit fascinates me. Biology, I should say that's yeah, it's microbiology or molecular biology. Um, not enough to actually be a scientist because, like, my brain short circuits when I see mathematical problems. Uh, but oh, enough to understand what's going on and stuff. <clears throat> I always said if I were to go into science, I would be that weirdo person that sits in the corner and just asks questions. I'm not your typical scientist. I'm the one that asks the scientists the questions that gets them to think outside the box. I understand even how this virus works. I can't help, like I said, being leery of Big Pharma. I always have been. I always have been since they screwed everyone over with insulin. Let's not even talk about some of the other shit they pull. I don't think we should be medicated as much as we are as a society. And I'm not saying if you have a problem, get medication for it, God, please. But I don't think you should have 20 meds for one problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the Americans' big pharma of it's, it's more profitable to treat than to cure. But we also don't know long-term effects. When I say long-term effects, any chemical introduced in the body reacts to the body. Uh, natural chemicals the body can absorb and stuff to a certain extent. Unnatural, i.e. lab-grown chemicals, our body has a harder time dealing with. It's kind of like the, the clones. We have the technology to clone. Why don't we clone as much as we you would think we would with the technology we have? Clones don't live as long as the original. Their life cycles, their little tails on their cells are shorter. So a clone will that the original lived to 65 will only a clone will only live to like 30. So we haven't perfected it yet. Though there is some conspiracy theories that does have evidence, though I'm more afraid to believe that, that 90% of the meat we get at supermarkets is cloned meat. That scares me. I hope that's not true. <laughs> well, Chris, thinking, uh, lab grow sheep meat now. Well, yeah, we can lab grow a lot of stuff. Like I said, we're on the edge because 
we can grow a lot of this stuff. It's like the shelf life of the cellular decay yeah. we haven't figured out yet. And I say yet because we're making great leaps and bounds. There's prob there was probably a discovery yesterday that I haven't heard about or I won't hear about until five years from now. Um, a lot of the, uh, for example, the um, Fortuna are game. The, uh, when the Fortuna opened its uh, crystalline net and went through the gas giant mm -hmm. and harvested all the uh, minerals and chemicals and stuff it needed for the replicators, we actually have that technology. It was just recently made by a scientist in India to collect water out of the air of the Sahara. Really? He made a crystal a crystalline net that pulls water out of the the air of the Sahara Desert. It's a game changer. Yeah. Right now, it's probably like billions to make one square. The fact is we have this technology now. It is nothing to assume that in 10, 20 years, we will have perfected it so that it can be mass produced or produced yeah. cheaply enough to be used. A lot of the things that are holding our scientists back is how much money it costs to do these experiments, which is why scientists need corporate backing to do it. Well, corporate doesn't want to back something that's going to have results in 50 years. So most of your scientific labs have, like, their long-term research while they're looking to... Make a buck. Figure out how to make the better deodorant for degree. Yeah. Um, well, also, corporate doesn't want further research into things that will lose them money. Yeah, like... like the oil company uh, has shut down every hydro engine. Uh, they tried to shut down every electric engine. Um, any because we've had that technology since the 30s and 40s, but big oil has shut it down. Sorry, there's proof of that. Any, no, I, every, I know. You know, uh, that's why it was great that Elon made Tesla and said "fuck you," and now he's announced that they're pretty close to perfecting the hydrogen engine which will be awesome because gallon of water in the tank let's go wee yeah <laughs> um yeah these big companies they want to make the most money and if you come out with the products that's good for everyone but makes them lose money or they can't profit out of it they want to shut it down and the only one that's right <laughs> back is someone with money well the other way to do it and i don't know why it's not being done is if money is the root of all evil, then money is also the answer to evil. So if you want to convince Big Pharma to do something good for the world, show them how they can make money off of this. And you're gonna have, people are going to have to start thinking outside the box. Like, well, if we have more people in the workforce, that means more pain meds will be needed, and that's where your big money is. So, you know, giving insulin away for free so the diabetics can go back to work will just up your pain uh, sales. Yeah, that, that would work on paper, but if they can get the money from both the meds and the insulin, even if a couple people die, 
they, they consider that more of a profit. Uh, yes, unfortunately, I do understand that because when you're dealing with a corporation or a business or something, you're not dealing with a person that you can say, well, why can't you be a good person? You know, why are you so mean? Um, you are dealing with a bunch of people who only see numbers. So you have to hit them in the numbers. That's why if you don't like what a corporation is doing or how they're spending their money or how the CEO treats people, stop buying their products. Yes, one person may not cause that much of a difference, but once other people see you sticking by your principles, more and more people are willing to follow it. I know me deleting Wish isn't that big of a deal, but I'm slowly trying to weed out as much of my money going to China as possible. If for nothing else, then hopes that maybe others will understand. Because I do not hate the Chinese people, I hate the government, I hate the concentration camps, I hate what they're doing to their own people. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but it's really hard when big pharma is the only way you can get life-saving medicine. Um, the insulin is one thing. Another thing is the EpiPens. If you remember oh the big God. thing that happened with the EpiPens a few years ago where they increased <laughs> the price like 750%. Um, it was, what, like $60 for two, and now it's like $400 for two or something like that? Uh, 600 I think. Yeah, uh, yeah that's... Mine's covered. I paid a dollar. But those are life-saving devices, and some people have to buy them because their insurance doesn't cover it. My uh, uh, lithium, when I was in the liquid, I was paying a uh, hundred dollars for twenty ounces. Well, then the answer to that, I, I, I'm sorry, it's not universal health care. It's caps. It's, we've done this for other industries, but it's like you, the government or somebody goes in and says, it costs you this amount of money to make this. Like the you industry. can charge this amount of profit so that when this goes up, say it costs now a dollar to make this instead of 50 cents, then they can raise their profit to match. But it puts a cap on it so that they can't go $600 for something that costs them $5 to make. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what it is, but I, that's an example. That's what we need to be discussing, not... It seems like... It's almost like the olden days where the way it should work is if we're going to negotiate a deal, let's say... Let's say we're married. You want to go to Branson, Missouri. I want for our family vacation. I want to go to the fucking Bahamas. No, actually, really, I want to go to Disney. But I'm going to tell you I want to go to the Bahamas on this big, huge, elaborate trip that's going to cost us thousands. That way, when I compromise and say Disney, you're going to think you're getting the better deal and compromising by giving up Branson to something that's not necessarily going to upset you going to to make your wife happy. 
everyone wins. It's called asking for the big. You ask for the big. Well, it seems like all sides right now are asking for the big and no one's going, no, wait a minute. You know what? I'm willing to settle for this if you'll meet me here. Um, the big problem with some of these uh, corporations being able to do that, like Big Pharma, uh, Big Pharma, the vehicle industry, the oil industry, is they're not capped, like you say. They're allowed to just go all of a sudden, out of the blue, whatever they want, we're going to suddenly make insulin cost $700 for a life-saving model. Mm -hmm. yeah. And suddenly people are dying, they're like, we don't care, we raise the price, pay for it. Well, there's also... And that's not right, sorry. Alright, conspiracy theory deep delve dive here. One of the guys I listen to really loves this conspiracy theory and swears it's true. Uh, that if you think about, like, the elite, that secretly rule everything. That you're talking about your head politicians, your head corporation owners, your big tech guys. Phone bones. They're, yeah, they're all part of this big, huge cabal. They've been preaching for years. Overpopulation needs to stop, and yet we keep not everybody because population decline is a thing. We have entered it. There are now less children being born than people who are about to retire out of the workforce. Mm -hmm. We do not have the people going into the workforce to replace the people going out of the workforce. So you've got this big secret cabal that wants global population to drop. Of course you're not going to care if people die because they can't afford not only can they, it helps with your population control ethic, it also um, is the poor people that you don't care about. They're not one of you. Yeah, uh, the Illuminati, quote unquote. They, they don't care about people. They're going to come after you now. I know, you mentioned their name. No, I'm joking. Oh, just Teddy Bear. What are they going to do? Should we do Teddy Bear? Um, anyways, I've, I've no. made jokes about the Illuminati online. They don't care. <laughs> Suddenly, the the internet is flooded by a weird trend of people shooting teddy bears. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, they don't care about the lower class people. They don't care about the homeless. No. They don't care about anyone that can't pay for what they are selling. And the Illuminati are a big corporate. They're a big, a big net of everyone on the top. And well, the thing is, they're all tied together, and they're all in it for the money and control. And if you can't help with that, they don't care about you. The homeless, they don't care if they die on the streets. The poor, they don't care if you die of starvation or you can't afford your medicine. Because in the end, you're not paying for them, you're not helping them, so you're just dead weight. But in a way, you are paying for it. Because most of our elites right now are politicians and our taxes or us buying their products or whatnot. Plus, them openly admitting they're playing the stock market uh, is where their money comes from which is just from us basically because we work and we pay money that we don't see the benefits of when taxes were first put in place don't get me wrong we need taxes taxes are supposed to go to funding the roads funding the water funding welfare the yes welfare Welfare is supposed to go to help 
people out to take care of those who can't work and are disabled. Yes, there are some that abuse it, but it's not all of them, and that is not the majority of people on welfare. Yeah. So taxes are a good thing. Unfortunately, I believe, and a lot of people believe, mainly your middle class, what's left of them, uh, and what I'm starting to call your upper poor people like you and me that are barely surviving, but we're doing it. We're sick of paying taxes that seem to be going to the elites instead of helping these programs out. I don't mind my taxes going to these programs. I mind politicians getting rich off of my taxes. Um, another thing I don't like the taxes is a lot of it goes to the military. And... We I don't, don't even, have a problem with that. We don't even have the best military in the world, and yet we have the biggest military spending in the well, world. Well, that's how the money goes to the elites. It's all a money Ponzi scam. Um, uh, Independence Day pointed this out. It's like, what, you don't think they really pay $3,000 for a toilet seat? Problem is, is that budget for the military goes to I don't know where some secret op service that just bundles it back into the politicians pockets because if you ask our boys their uniforms are old the the equipment they are using is old the housing they're putting put in is falling down around their ears and uh, they're not getting paid what even would be considered slightly above minimum wage yeah I don't have a problem with having a military and paying them their due, but I have a problem with America putting everything into the military and not even having the best military. Because um, right now, arguably, China has the best military because they have that rocket that we don't even know how it works. It is a guided rocket that flies five times faster than the speed of sound. I blame it, me on, honestly. It, it can get into range before our missile detection systems can find it. If they decided to start a war with us tomorrow, there'd be nothing we could do to defend against them. I don't believe St. Mary's is still on target, though. I'm just saying, if, if Fallout, like the Fallout games were yeah. to happen, we, we couldn't even I, defend against those missiles. I've never played those, but... Well, the problem is, is I don't know how many... Okay. This information is old. This information was current in the late 90s, where we still had 90% of our nuclear weapons on dead man switches. I don't know if any of that's changed, any of the systems changed. I don't care anymore to delve that deep. But back in the 90s, if someone were to attack us, it would create, what is it, mutual annihilation? Mad, mutually assured destruction. Yes, mutually assured destruction. Because there's a lot of our systems, even systems you wouldn't even realize, are on dead man switches, and if someone does it updated every couple months or so, it launches a nuke, or it explodes, or whatnot. We have labs that deal with, I, I understand, but this is an example. We have labs that deal with viruses and stuff, bio labs, that have nuclear warheads under them. And if something goes wrong and they start leaking, it blows up the whole fucking lab. The, C the headquarters for the CDC in 
Atlanta also sits on a nuclear warhead. Because if a virus, one of their viruses were to get loose, it would be hell. So we are willing to sacrifice all of Atlanta to stop a, one of those types of pandemics. Oh my God, because of the COVID. Um, <laughs> is that, is that so, wrong? I'm, I'm not concerned about the loss of even life. Yeah, I'm concerned about Coca-Cola. Yeah, we need Coca-Cola. Co <laughs> anyways. Um, there was a big scare a few years back with Russia because they had a lot of their nukes on dead man switches and we knew this and they lost communications with one yes, of their yes I remember that and mm. they were frantically trying to get into contact with them and at the same time in the little base that they were on they were frantically trying to get back in contact with headquarters because if they didn't get the code to stop it because they get a code like every day to stop the nuke from launching. If they didn't get that code in a couple of hours, it would immediately launch. We had a, uh, not a, I don't think it was a nuke. I think it might've been a, a hydro or one of those. We had a warhead aimed at it. If they didn't get communication up, if Russia didn't tell us it was cleared, we were gonna take it out for them. The oh. entire base. Yeah, they had like an hour left and they finally got communications, but like that was a big scare because think how many of those little bases are out in Russia in the middle of nowhere that you would, you wouldn't even think about underground where if they don't get their little thing every day, it will automatically launch whatever rockets they have and they're usually either pointed at us, at China, or at uh, Britain. And Russia's so vast. Yeah, so we, we, we wouldn't even be able to find them if we tried it. I believe it's the largest country, well, Antarctica maybe, but... It's the largest country. It's the largest country. It's even and bigger it's than... part of Antarctica. It's even bigger oh. than... Antarctica's... Not Antarctica. The Antarctica. The, the polar. The polar. It, it yeah. goes all the way up, like, yeah. Um, it's even bigger than China, and China is huge still. Yeah. Um, but the thing about Russia is it's icy huge. So... Everything looks the same from a satellite view. Everything looks white and covered over. Whereas if you look at China, you can probably see like a, a hatch or something. In <laughs> Russia, you won't be able to see none of that shit. Matthew's been <coughs> learning a lot about war history. <coughs> and one of my favorite stories, and it was one of my favorite stories even as a kid, but Matthew's just recently learned about it. It was the young Emperor Nicholas of Russia. He was only like 15 at the time. Oh, yeah. And everybody was scared out of their mind because this young, this fucking wannabe Frenchman who wasn't even a noble upstart was taking on the nobles and saying he was better than the monarchy and this little French rascalion. And this French rascalion was brilliant at war and strategy. And everyone's like, all of his generals and his advisors are like, sir, we need to prepare the army. And he's like, no, I don't care. And they're like, and they were worried because there's this 15 year old kid that's in charge and he's not taking this French general serious, who's now an emperor over France, I think is what he eventually became. Uh, but Nicholas didn't take this French guy seriously. The French guy invaded Russia. Nicholas just retreated, pulled all of his troops back. Let him have it. Sir, 
good about it. The French general kept going. Nicholas kept retreating. He did make a token fight to keep the the capital city or the holy city yeah. or whatnot. I, I don't quite remember. But I knew there was one main skirmish. But mainly all he did was retreat. Napoleon's lines got dragged real thin. Yeah. Winter hit. Nicholas like, okay, now. <laughs> and they yeah. wiped Napoleon off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, that's... You don't invade Russia because yeah, no. you're, you're not going to win. <laughs> no. That's what. That's exactly what they did. They pulled all their people back. They destroyed the houses and whatever food they couldn't bring, they destroyed. So that when they reached a, a, a town or a city or even a, a anything, the houses weren't usable. There was no food for them. Nothing. So they're they were barely equipped for the cold, and they only brought enough food because they thought when we get to a town, we take their food. But there was no food. So they ran out of their supplies really damn fast. Yeah. They ran out of people really damn fast because a lot of them died to the coals. They weren't equipped for it. And then when the Russians finally decided to fight back, they couldn't handle it. Yeah, it's classic. And it was, it's been done before. Uh. I don't know for sure. I would have to look it up. But I believe... One or two other people trying to take over the world tried to invade Russia, and they did the same tactic because, you know, no one learns. I know for sure it happened to Napoleon. I believe they also used the same tactics when Hitler turned on them. I, but sure. I won't swear by it because my World War II history is mainly the Pacific Ocean area that I know about. Um, I know that they tried to send Nazis into Russia. They didn't do the same tactics, but they just weren't equipped for the cold like the Russians were. Like, we yeah. grew up in this. We were born in it, molded by it. And then the Germans were, like, shivering in their pants the whole time. Like, no, you don't You don't invade Russia. You're going to lose. You're, you're sitting there, a giant icicle, and the Russians standing over you going, you need some vodka? <laughs> Warm. It'll warm you. Then we can have real fight, like men. No, no. He, I, I think he's too much icicle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the kind of thing that happens. You don't invade Russia. Just try and be calm and chill with them. And, you know, for the most part, they're okay. You know how we were talking the other day about growing up on dial-up and how long it took to, yeah. like, open a web page? Yeah. I remember sitting and letting a web page fully load of a Russian article translated into English about a man facing fines because he drove his tank through the McDonald's drive through and then parked it at the liquor store, went in and got his vodka and then drove it home. <laughs> they weren't upset about him driving his tank. It was that he used the main road instead of the back road and tore up the asphalt. Uh. <laughs> are, you, are you allowed to own tanks in the U.S.? Yeah, you can own a tank in the U.S. depending on the state you live in. Um, and if you are willing to go through the loopholes and stuff, and each state is different. 
like some states, the uh, barrel has to be bored through giant holes so it can't fire. Um, some states just the pin. Some states you can have them for like a statue showpiece, but they can't be operational. Some states you can drive them down the dirt roads. All states, though, they're not allowed on the highways or the paved roads because the treads will eat the asphalt. It'd be fun to drive one sometime. No, from what I've heard, I'm tanks, very from what I've heard, tanks are extremely uncomfortable to sit in and ride in. The tank crews had a hell of a time in all the all the times they've ever ridden the tank. Is it worse than a sub? Um, uh, a, yes. A oh, sub fuck. you can stand up in. A, a tank sub. Camps. All right. A sub is the first level of the Best Western. A tank is this roof, completely out of metal. Four to five guys, depending on the tank, sometimes smaller. As well as all the ammo. Oh, Christ. All the ammo, all the electronics. Oh, I couldn't even get near it then. There's a big section in the middle where the where the where the where the gunner they, is. They go in in order. The driver's the first one down because he gets in and he climbs into the driver's seat. Then the gunner, then the right gunner, then the left gunner, then the the loader, and then the uh, the other loader as well, the guy's like dual purpose. He can help loading as well as like pop the hatch and do shit out the hatch. Yeah. And some and every tank is different. Our new ones usually have just that crew, but like there are tanks that have a gun on the front, so you have to have another gunner for that. Or there are even really weird tanks that have two turrets. You don't see them anymore because those were inefficient. But then you had to have two gunners and two loaders. Like tanks were really fucking cramped on the inside. Um, um, any movie you've ever seen where they're giving passengers a ride in the tank? Not fucking happening unless the passenger's really close to one of the uh, the sitting down tank operators and a small frame so that they can sit on their lap and tuck into their chest. So like any of us wouldn't really work? I've done it. Yeah. I, but it was the driver, not one of the armors. Oh. And it was just around Pendleton for fun. <laughs> I think tanks are cool, but I wouldn't want to ride in one. Same thing with... with uh, subs. I think they're neat, but I wouldn't want to ride one. One, because I'm scared of water, and two, just the fact that if something goes wrong, the entire crew is dead. There is this really fucking sad video of a of a submarine, and there's I think it was South Korean. They were singing because their submarine's uh, buoyancy system uh, broke, so they couldn't go back up for to the surface. So they were going to die underwater because they couldn't go back up. And they're sitting there singing their, their last song. Because in a couple of hours, they'd run out of air. And there was nothing anyone could do to help them. Like, that's scary as fuck. Um, I grew up with Dr. Morrell, um, my ROTC instructor. And he was really good at telling tales. And... The one that got me was him telling the tale of Pearl Harbor. Not of the destruction or how many died, but the tale of the Arizona. And it's probably why I can never, ever go to Pearl Harbor. He told the tale of how 
for <laughs> days after the attack. They could anyone standing guard, especially at night when everything's quiet. You could hear. I have no idea what that is. SOS. SOS. Oh, okay. Um, the Arizona, when it sank, it sank to the bottom, so it could not be rose, but it had an air pocket, and there was a good portion of the crew trapped in that air pocket, slowly suffocating to death that they could not oh, get God. to. And they were tapping SOS on the side of the ship. And people had to listen to that until it stopped because there was no way back then to get them. And then there's, of course, tales that uh, on the base at uh, about the 3 a.m. shift on the three days after the anniversary of the attack every year, you can still hear the tapping. I don't know if that's true, but I don't want to find out. <laughs> See, now you guys, like, they do a punk rock. Uh, cruise every year, and I'm not saying like that I actually am gonna do it ever, but like that was like a pipe dream. And I'm like, I'm gonna go on this punk rock cruise with Rancid, who's now in their 60s. But they still actually put. I saw them two years ago. They put on a good show. Yeah, I would never. I wouldn't go on a cruise either. I just don't like the big ocean. I'll fly over it, but I won't go in a boat. I, I won't go I, in a you know, uh, boat either. I've played too many horror survival games, both uh, our tabletop and console and computer that take place in uh, abandoned cruise ships or wrecked cruise ships or wrecked ships. Uh, no, I'm no. I don't mind touring them when they're in docks, but I have no want to even go sailing. Yeah. Maybe like around a lake or even like small jaunts into the ocean for fishing trips. Done that all my life. I don't want to be on a cruise ship or any big huge ship for days on end. Don't get me wrong. If I had a chance for someone to put me up for free to fly to Cali to um, tour the Queen and I would. But I don't want to like, yeah, no. Yeah, like like, even if it's supposed to be, like, all pleasure, everything's covered, you don't have to pay for food or anything, I still wouldn't want to go on one. Though, at the same time, I did seriously think about if I ever do get to the point where I have a pension or a social security income and I want to retire, I might retire to a cruise ship instead of a nursing home. Because you can do that. You can set up so that um, your monthly check is just deposited to the cruise yeah. company and you get a, a small cabin uh, not huge but all of your food's paid for and since you're on there permanently you get to know the crew and stuff really well and a lot of the old folks I've talked to who do it say they're treated like kings and stuff because they're the only reoccurring face the crew sees if, yeah, if I ever get old enough to live like that, that wouldn't be super bad. Just like, yeah, even if it goes down, I'm going to die soon anyways. <laughs> um, 
but that's not something that I would want to even go to now, just because of how freaked out. Um, when I went to Washington, not D.C., but regular Washington, um, I was taken onto a little tour boat just to tour the that cape or whatever they have in Seattle. And when we got out just a little bit into the water, I started freaking out. It's like, I don't know if I could swim from where we are to land. I can still see it, but I'm not sure if I could make it. And now it freaks and even that freaks me out. So getting far away enough so I couldn't see land would just put me in a panic mode. I see. I've never really. I've been on the Maid of the Mist, which is a boat, but it just goes into the falls and back, and it's an experience. But uh, I've never been anywhere near big enough water. Or big. No, I was at the Buffalo Naval Museum once. Or twice, I don't know. Whatever. Um, I did a tour of Mystic um, Seaport in Connecticut. It's an old timey seaport where they still have like the schooners and the big, huge ships that I don't know. But they're all sailboats. They're all like 300 years old, 200 years old, and shit. And they have one that's perma-dock that you get to walk through and tour and stuff. When I was there in the 90s, they were in the process of building traditionally a recreation of the... As, was it the Asmodeus or Asmodon? I don't know. Anyhow, Asmodeus. It, Asmodeus. Uh, for a movie that they were going to be shooting. I'm pretty sure since the movie's already out that they're done, uh, but it was going to, at the, they were talking about once the ship was done being built, it would be a living museum at Mystic Seaport. So I'm sure if anyone's listening to this that has the means to travel, look it up, it'd be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but when we were there, it was just the outside uh, framework that they were doing on dry dock still. Uh, it hadn't even been tarred or rolled out or anything. It was just the framework. It was in like the mid to the late 90s. I was 13. So mid, more mid, more mid. Yeah, turned 18 2000, so. Wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> 21 years. I'm gonna be 40 this year. Actually, be 22 years. <coughs> oh. I mean, I'm turning 31 in a, in a little bit here. <laughs> you can all go to hell. <laughs> okay, Grandpa. <laughs> no, no, no. How I really feel old is in a couple weeks, my child will be 18. How I feel really old is my child is only turning seven this year. Yeah, well, you waited. Your sperm waited to learn to swim. They were like, nope, 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 nope. There was nope. a couple good prospects I had. Maybe, maybe he's just like Hank Hill and he's an arrow reefer. No, actually, the problem is, is he has two. 
Yeah, it, um, I actually had to get tested. It was really fun having my ex-wife watch me as I'm masturbating in a cup. And then she's laughing because I'm like trying not to touch it. And I'm putting the lid back on the container, but it leaked on the side. <laughs> so then I, I, ca- I, I carried it out in a goddamn lunch bag. <coughs> and the lady at the front desk reception is like, what is it? I'm like, it's a lab sample. Don't ask. She's like, okay, take it back. So I take the order and I hand him the bag. She's like, what is it? I'm like, just take it. Then my aunt calls me up with the lab results. She worked in the lab at the time. She's like, Jim, your sperm count. I'm like, don't tell me. Have somebody else tell me. <laughs> I don't want to know. So then she has my friend who works at the lab calls and tells me. I'm a little below average. I'm okay with that, frankly. And then the fucking girl asked me out on a date. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> you just handled my... It has a common occurrence to them. I don't think they care. Yeah. I know, but... The problem is, and I'm not exactly sure where it's coming from. Like, you, okay, it may be rooted in you were raised hardcore Catholic. Me, it's a little bit from abuse. But there is just a large amount of people that are extremely body shy in the United States. I'm... I'm body shy when I have to go to the doctor and I just gotta keep reminding myself these guys are professionals they do this shit all the damn time and like even they had to tell me we're professionals we do this all the time we handle people like when I had to go in for my colonoscopy I was I was freaking out and they're like you need you just chill just chill this is a common thing we do it all the damn time we have like they seven they also need you to relax because the first muscle you tighten when you're, anxi- you're anxious or stressed is your ass well, they, they put you down for it, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's just long enough for they can get the thing done. But, like, I, I was kind of freaking out. It's like, I've never done it before. What's going to happen? Could they do it wrong? It's like, we do it all the time. We do, it like, 20 a day. It'll be fine. See, I'm not body shy anymore, but I was so for so long. Like, the point where you're not body shy is when you're at the doctor and he's like, can I bring in somebody? Sure, whatever, teaching hospital. Like, four people walk in, and they're like... <laughs> For those listening at home, Jim just mind-handling his balls. <laughs> well, then the, the, the one when they, they do the test, I don't remember what it's called. Will they run a two-done urethra? Catheter. Uh, I don't know. No, catheters for peeing, but they scope it. Cystoscopy. They didn't put me out. (coughs) They ran two. They put two in. Well, they had to, because... Lidocaine lasts for about 30 seconds. So they shot lidocaine in, one, two, and then it wore off as they're continuing to feed tubing in. I blacked out. Oh. I woke up. I had a reaction to the lidocaine, which made my nerves so sensitive. And I'm trying to like walk to the bathroom because they first injected with the fluid. And, oh my god, it was just not a fun experience. 
No. And my ex-wife, I'd love her. Because somebody has to. <laughs> hey, be nice to our one listener. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but uh, she's not that tall. But she's stronger than uh, she should be, maybe. She's having to carry me to the bathroom, inside the bathroom. Like, holding me up as I'm trying to, like, find... Oh, my God. But she's also oh the God. brave woman. Right after my gastric bypass, I got cleared to eat food. She's like, where do you want to go? I'm like, we passed an Arby's on the way here. It's only about five miles out of town. She took me to Arby's. <laughs> I could eat at that time half a cup of food. I threw the bun away, and I chowed down. Because I hadn't eaten solid food in three weeks. I chowed down an Arby's roast beef single, just the meat. Yeah. And then I proceeded to unchow down an Arby's single all over the tray. Oh. Didn't eat for two days. Oh. And then I think I just had like tuna fish when I did. Straight tuna <coughs> fish? Well, I was on baby food for a while. I don't count that as solid food, though, because uh, well, my it's, favorite it's was I used to make my own. I used to get baked beans and I'd barbecue some chicken up on the grill, and I'd throw it in the magic bullet, and it looked disgusting, and I'd have apple juice or cider to moisten it, and I made my own baby food. That doesn't sound any, any weirder than normal baby food, where it's like canned peas, carrots, and chicken. Yeah, yeah I mean, I... Not all of Matthew, uh, not all of Squirt's baby food, because I will admit I am lazy. Uh, but I did make up, like, if we were having something that I really wanted him to, like, try, like, Grandma's lasagna recipe. I had no problem throwing a small, por cooled portion into the magic bullet and pureeing it and letting him try it that way. So that he would get to experience the flavors without choking. Because he was on baby food, that was that consistency. And Gerber has, like, baby lasagna and stuff. But I wanted him to start getting used to uh, more foods. And more potent flavors. Because, yes, I tasted the baby food. It is bland. Did you taste the meat? No. Don't ever try the meat. Um, I did like the like the puff cereals, because there were sometimes I had to go look 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 mommy's eating yeah try it on your tooth it'll feel good so uh, some of his snacks I I ended up trying it <laughs> those weren't bad the um, one of the cookies they made not Arrowhead but another one um, that are specially like a flavor special for babies was nasty. And I hated the banana chips. Fuck you guys, that's shit, that shit's nasty. Banana <laughs> chips are good. I haven't tried baby banana chips, but banana chips are tasty. Plantain chips are where it's at. Yeah. They don't have as strong a flavor, so I'm not really into them. Um, but, but if you them right, they're like potato chip. Not, they taste like potato chips, but they're not as tasty as potato chips. It's harder to explain. Um, but yeah, they do have that little banana flavor. Um... Like, baby food is 
they have to keep it bland because you know they don't want too much sugar, they don't want too much salt, they don't want. There to are over... other ways to flavor something. Yeah, but they don't want to make it extreme. So maybe it's like, oh, this is super different from what I had before. Ugh. They they have to make it mild so that the baby first I, gets I, acclimated to. I understand that, but all of their shit is mild, and then instead of slowly like okay, phase one mild, phase two one or two herbs added like the phase two applesauce has cinnamon well then the phase two fucking broccoli should have a, a, a maybe a pinch of salt or or like some herb added to it so it's not just mush broccoli it's phase two they should be on the second phase of growing their taste buds as well as their digestive system because they goes hand in hand also, by putting them on herbs for flavoring, it also helps. Like, if you introduce them to garlic early on, it actually helps um, jumpstart the immune system early. Which is a good thing, unless you have lupus. <laughs> but too much garlic thins the blood. Yeah, and but... And you can develop anemia. But there's... Okay, so... If your child has anemia and has already been diagnosed with this, you should know not to do garlic. So they could have two flavors. They could have it with like basil and one with garlic. Oh, if you know, uh, if you know your child is it is allergic or has problems with garlic, you pick up the basil. But it also gives the option to start introducing garlic early on to kids that need it in small doses that aren't going to thin the blood, but will help the uh, circulatory, will help the body grow, will help the immune system start. Garlic has been proven to be overall good in small doses. It's the seven clove chicken we shouldn't be even eating, but oh my God, is this I used to eat a clove a day, and uh, I got so, my blood got so bad that that's when I started wearing long sleeve shirts. And then I wore short sleeves for a while once I got off of that, and then the side effect of one of my other medication is. See, the secret to a good sauce is the garlic. And in order to pull the garlic flavor out right, you have to thinly cut it with a razor blade and then caramelize it in some oil. Anyone get the quote? No. Um, this, oh, you all go watch Goodfellas. Um, what I do know is that, yeah, cutting it thinly was a lot of things that they did, but now you get more flavor if you crush the garlic. That's why garlic crushers, garlic mincers are a big thing, because you get all the flavor of the garlic. Okay, let's try well, the <laughs> the way my grandmother taught me is, yeah, thinly sliced, but you you peeled the garlic, then you, you put it under the blade and you smashed it. That was to release the oils and start it permeating inside itself. Then you thinly sliced it and then you caramelized it in the oil. Once the gar garlic was caramelized, you added the onions in to be caramelized, 
Once those were caramelized, you added more garlic in because the garlic you first put in is gone. You don't know where it happened to go, but you cannot find any fucking trace of it. And then you put your mushrooms in and you start working your bell peppers and stuff and you slowly cook that down. By this time, you've, you've had to transfer it out of the frying pan you originally started in, the cast iron one, mind you, into the big 20-quart pot. And then the final stages are the fucking uh, tomatoes. Bushels of tomatoes cut into cubes. Slowly added. And then you add tomato paste, which if your grandmother hated you that year, you had all made for the overabundance of tomatoes that grandpa's garden had produced. Because she wanted to make sure you knew how to make it. So if the worst happens, you could provide quality spaghetti sauce to your family. That's actually why the French press was origi originally designed, was to press the water out of tomatoes. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I believe True. a lot of things. It, it sounds weird, but... You don't understand, when I got cooking lessons, it was, you learned from, like, making the where the oil fucking came from. You can tell by this rating on this bottle that this is actually from the olives of blah, blah, blah. Oh, I don't care, Grandma. You should. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my grandma didn't get too fancy with her sauce, but she made it really good. Um, she didn't put onions in it like a lot of people do. Onions, mm -hmm. onions are a thing that are 50-50, even in Italy. You yeah. don't need to have them in the sauce, but you can add them. She didn't add the onions, she didn't add bell peppers. Um, she kept it simple with the garlic. She would uh, caramelize them, like you said. And once they got a nice golden, she would add the tomatoes, the tomato paste. She always bought this tube from the Italian stores. Uh, triple Italian word for triple concentrated. Yeah. Um, and it was really damn strong in tomato flavor. She would put that in there as well. She would get that nice and simmering. She would add oregano, mint, parsley, basil, and some salt and pepper. Just a little bit of mint. Just a little bit of it. It doesn't make it taste minty. It adds flavor to the whole Oh, thing. no, no. I understand because I've added more gin to mine to do, yeah, to do the same thing because it's part of the mint family. It's just a more savory mint type flavor um it some people say it tastes like a black licorice but i don't get that from it i don't think i've ever tasted raw oh just like tarragon people say it's got a licorice taste but i'm like no that's anise that's that shit over there that i don't touch is, well it's not good in coffee I that um i don't like black licorice or anise so i, I wouldn't really touch much of those I never tried Jaeger, but I so, it taste like licorice. It, it, the, 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 the viscosity of it is. I didn't uh, know, and one of my friends convinced me to do a Jaeger bomb with him. I almost puked from the flavor alone right there and there. Black licorice punch. You want to see something funny though? Huh? Get uh, Pinky. We'll take Pinky to the bar some night. Uh, we'll do a guys' night. Take him to the bar and get him to do like four Jaeger bombs. <laughs> he gets stupid. Why can't I see this? 
Isn't he already stupid, though? Cough, cough. Oh, no, I won't no. cough. I've been calling it to him out of his face. <laughs> he just gets, like, he gets insanely, like... It, he's he's the worst wingman in the world when he's drunk. I don't ask him to wingman. But, like, he'll go to the bathroom, and he'll run into some pretty girl, and he's like, Hey, there's Jim. And she's like, Who is that guy? I'm like, I don't know, I... I, just, I find him on the side of the road. He's like, I want a drink. I'm like, you got money? He's like, yeah. I'm like, come with me. <laughs> Dude, no, we need to do this as a group thing. That way I don't let it go too far because I know him. I know you. Uh, no, but he made the mistake of telling me he wants to be more adult and um, a better man. And I'm like, are you asking for help? He's like, yes, I want you to help me. And I'm like, you shouldn't have asked that. Wait, him or Pinky? Pinky. Uh, because I said, he basically, he apologized for blaming me for his meltdown. And I went off on him about, I did not yell at you. I did not raise my voice. I did not do any of the things you accused me of. Um, all I did was give you constructive feedback. You say you want to be an adult. You say you want to be a bigger man. Well, part of being an adult is learning that sometimes people are going to tell you the truth. And sometimes it's going to hurt. But instead of making that I'm bad or I'm a horrible person, you need to say, okay, they're letting me know things I need to improve on. One of the things of becoming an adult, you need to learn to take constructive criticism. His new place isn't bad, although he's smoking in the house. Smoking, yeah. Should at least do that here and open the window. And yeah, or, you know, spray, get in there pressure. Yeah, but even then, like, there's a reason. Like, I know we're, we're, we're we we deviate constantly. There's a reason why in hotels they have specifically the smokers and the non-smokers. Because if a non-smoker goes into a smoker's room, no matter how clean it's been cleaned, even if you wash the walls yeah. and all the floors and stuff, they can smell the smoke. Smokers don't notice the difference. If it's a freshly room that someone was smoking in, yeah, they might be able to smell it. But they won't be able to smell the trace amounts of it. Same uh, thing with weed smokers. You go into a, a, a non-smoker goes into a, a room that someone might have smoked in like two weeks ago, they'll, they'll smell it. Um, the hotel we stayed at in Erie when Mom and her legs left. I asked him, I'm like, hey, you know, and I opened up the box and I closed it and I showed the girl. She's like, go out in the back deck. What time are you going out? What time do you get off work? And the girl would come out after shift and she brought her boyfriend over. It was a fun time. Well,. Because of what I was going through when uh, Capsia put me in the hotel when I Don't first came here. No. Okay. I, I, I'm just going to use certain wording. Um, I had a problem being seen, like, out in public. So I was literally going outside the Best Western behind into that little corner where there's the, the best western has like an L shape to the yeah. building and then the trash cans here. One, it was the only shaded area of the parking lot. And two, no one could see you if they were driving up and down the roads from there. And I went there just to smoke a cigarette because I was so nervous because of all the shit I had gone through. The maids found me. 
The maids made me feel better. The maids get good weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing, like, um, if dude I was talking to would ever come down, or I'd get up there, I'd definitely get a hotel room, though, because I'm not having him come down to stay here. Not that I'm ashamed of the place, but frankly, if things would get... Well, I, you should be. I'm a horrible housekeeper, because I don't fucking care. <laughs> But if things would get uh, adventurous, can we say? Yeah, no, no one's having sex in my room with, except me and uh, not with you. <laughs> so everyone would be down to their rooms and you'd have to do it in the kitchen? Pretty much. <laughs> and there's a draft in the kitchen. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever been outside in the act. No. It gets cold on places. <laughs> Well, that's why you should bury it quickly and keep it buried. It wasn't that. It's, it was buried, but the danglies, it was on the roof of the, the um, I'm going to stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> Not safe for work. Not safe for work.